Life Audio. You are God's plan. You are God's plan for the world. Can you even believe that God has given us this opportunity and this access to Him that we might be a crucial component of the invitation for someone else that you might not even know yet? Someone that you might cross paths with, someone that might be new in your life, that God's primary plan is that you would be the one who gets to invite them into the kingdom. Can you even believe that that is what we get to do? And that's what it means to be followers of Jesus together. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to How to Study the Bible. My name is Nicole Eunice, and I'm your host for this podcast. It's been such a good series. We are wrapping up our series on the letter of Colossians today. And we've been doing a little bit of extra Bible study together. Generally, everyone's welcome. You can come just listen to the podcast once a week. But if you want to be more engaged in experiencing God and really like digging into the book, we did that with Colossians with a reading guide and a little bit of extra content to sort of keep you in the letter for these last 28 days. So If you missed any of that, I just want you to know that you can access that reading guide and our Facebook group. Very easy to do. You just come on over to my Instagram or Facebook, Nicole Eunice, that's U-N-I-C-E, and you can find everything there. Or you can make it really easy and just get on my email newsletter. You just go to NicoleEunice.com slash Real Talk. That's R-E-A-L Talk. And I send you a once a week email. Very, very brief. Just a few things to think about. And that's another place that you can access this series and just sort of stay connected and stay involved in what we're all about here. And what we are all about is discovering God's word together and taking a few minutes to walk through a passage in scripture. That's what we do each week. And we ask four questions of that scripture. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com. To join us as we unite the church and unite the nation.
And those four questions are, what does this say? So we're always slowing down to be like, what's actually in this passage? What does it say? What's the backstory? What do we need to know about what's happening around this passage so that we can rightly interpret it? The third question is, what does it mean? What's the timeless truth that's in this principle? And the way that we know that we've hit a principle is that the truth is the same for the original audience as it would be for us today in 2022. So we're we're looking for that timeless principle, not something that's contextual or connected to us. For instance, for those of you who are in America, it wouldn't be connected to being Americans. It wouldn't be connected to being male or female or young or old or where we would live or how we were raised. It's a truth that transcends all of those things. And we always want to look for that principle first, because then we know that we are on the right track of actually not getting bogged down into just understanding and trying to apply verses out of context or trying to understand who God is out of the context of what was happening then. But we really do that process of working into that timeless truth. Then we don't stop there, which is what a lot of things I think that we can read or maybe we feel like they just don't connect. And we're like, how does this matter for my life? Well, that's our final question that we ask, which is what does this mean for me? Once I understand the truth that's here Now, how do I apply it to my very specific situation? How do I apply it in the relationships I'm in, in my workplace, in my school? And so that's sort of our final piece of the puzzle. So we are finishing up the letter of Colossians today. We're going to do Colossians chapter four, verses five and six, just two little verses. Let's walk through this together. Now, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Okay, so backing up just a little bit, just since we just dropped into the middle of this letter, let's remember where we've been. Remember that in Colossians 1 and 2, we really got to the heart of true doctrine. We were talking about why Jesus is supreme over all and who he is, what is the true gospel actually about. And then the letter takes a turn in Colossians 3 and 4. It goes to more specific and practical instruction on how you're going to actually live out your faith. So we had this beautiful Colossians 3 that many of you or may have been familiar with before, or that may be a letter, a chapter that you want to return to again and again, where we talk about this idea of putting off the old self and putting on the new self. And we have all of these practical daily practices that are about putting on the new self, like being kind, being patient, offering forgiveness, all of the things we talked about last week. And now we're getting to the close where Paul is wrapping up with final instructions. And this is kind of our last final instruction as he leaves this thought pattern that we've been in, like, hey, what is the true gospel? How are you connected to it? What does your life look like because of it? And by the way, here's one more important thing, and that's where we are right now in this one more important thing. So the first question we're going to ask is, what does it say? A lot of times when I get to practical instruction, like these two verses, I like to just list out, like, what are the four commands here? Okay, so I see four things in these two verses. The first is that we need to be wise in our way, right? So we can explore what that means, wise in our way. We need to be intentional with opportunities. We need to make the most of every opportunity. 
We need to shape our conversation. And then we get like full of grace, seasoned with salt. Mm, interesting questions about like, what does that mean? Right. Cause that's sort of a, a phrase that would have meant something at the time that might mean something different for us. So we're going to put a little question mark like the dot. Okay. What does it mean to be seasoned with salt? And then answers. It means we're going to have answers. So I see sort of four pieces to these verses. We're going to be wise in our way. We're going to make the most of our opportunities. We're going to shape our conversation in a certain way, and we're going to have answers. And this is a way that we're going to engage. And specifically, the audience that's talked about here is outsiders. So of course, we want to circle outsiders and say, okay, what does that mean? What does it mean when Paul is talking to this audience about outsiders? Okay, so let's go to our second question. What's the backstory And let's look at three things here that we just talked about. What are outsiders and opportunities, right? Let's look at this conversation and this idea of seasoned with salt so we can try to understand what this is. So first, on outsiders and opportunities, what we want to know is that overall in the scope of what's happening in the early church is that people are being added to the church every day. And all of a sudden, what people thought was a Jewish sect, something that was like a, a a branch of the Jewish faith, it becomes clear through the Apostle Paul, no, like this message is for everyone. This isn't a message for just the Jewish people. God is the God of everyone and the kingdom of God is available to everyone. And we know that's kind of the big thing that's happening, that's still happening in our day, right? Like that's that's our experience is that the, the qualifiers for the Christian faith are not your tribe. They're not your language. They're not your paycheck. They're not certain behaviors that you can do to work your way into faith. What we know is that what God has said is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is about us being saved by faith, that we were dead in our sin, and that because of Christ, we are made alive, that we are in a new life where we have access to the kingdom of God, where we are reconnected to our heavenly father. We can have full communion with our Heavenly Father, who then gives us purpose, gives us joy, gives us identity. And that's what the real message of the gospel is. And even that's the same today as it was then. But what we're seeing happen here, right, because we know that these letters were written, they're usually written because a conflict has happened. And so Paul is clarifying once again, listen, you have got to engage with people outside of your tribe, quote unquote. You have to engage with others, the outsiders, the people who are not yet in faith, the people who aren't in your house church, the people who don't look like you and think like you and and believe like you. You have to engage with them. So he's leaving this as a final exhortation that it's really important now the way that you engage, right? It would have been very, very easy to not want to engage with outsiders at the time. The government was oppressing Christians. Persecution was on the rise. People would be killed for their faith. They were martyred for their faith. They were made fun of. They were different. There was every reason in the world to not want to engage with outsiders. There was every reason in the world to just want to find like-minded believers and, and build your life around those people and raise your kids with those people and, and, and teach your kids with those people. It just, it would feel good. Does that sound familiar to anyone? <laughs> As the world got darker, the temptation of Christians was to be insular, to turn their light inward and to just keep to themselves. But what the apostle Paul is saying is, No, absolutely. The gospel is for everyone and that you have a mandate. You have a purpose for the way that you engage. And what this 
these couple of verses assume is that you are, of course, engaging with other people. Like part of this instruction assumes that you have relationship with outsiders and that in that relationship with outsiders, you are intentionally engaging in conversation and you're doing it with wisdom. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com. to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. So I love Ephesians 5, if we're going to cross over to a verse that's sort of similar, a parallel concept. In Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, it says it like this. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. So there's this parallel concept that wherever you are, God has sent you to that place. Whatever you do, God has a purpose for it. Wherever you're placed, it is an opportune moment where God is going to use you to reach others and that we can look at our lives and we don't need to measure our lives the way the world measures. We don't have to measure our success and our status by how many people are in our lives or or how important our positioning is or how much money we make, that because we are citizens in the kingdom of God, God is placing us in places and our job in those places is to live wisely so we can make the most of every opportunity in relationship. So he's engaging the same concept here in Colossians as he does in Ephesians, that we are meant to be looking for opportunities with outsiders. The second thing he says is that, okay, now now you're in those relationships with outsiders. Now let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. This is another parallel that we're going to find in First Peter. First Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. That is just one of my favorite verses because it assumes that you are living hopeful. That in the middle of your troubles, in the middle of your suffering, you have a hopeful presence and attitude that actually makes people want to ask you why you are the way you are. 
So many Christians are walking around worried about trying to defend the faith and and engage in doctrine and prove why they're right. When what the Bible tells us is that, are you living hopeful? Are you living joyful despite your troubles? Do you show up a certain way in your relationships and in your life that makes people on the outside go, huh? That person seems wise. That person is hopeful. I kind of want to ask them how they're living their life in such a wise and hopeful way. That is the gospel. It's for everyone. And it's based on the way that we live our life, that because of the way we're living, people are going to ask us about who we are and how we engage in troubles and in difficulties and how we interpret the world. That's what the faith is about. Okay, let's talk about seasoned with salt because I love this backstory, right? That we can dig in and kind of learn more about what that phrase would have meant in that time. So we all know that salt is used to season food. It enriches the flavor. So you can read this idea that your conversation is flavored with salt. And it's like, have wise and witty conversation. Have an interesting conversation, right? But salt, also there's an Arabic expression that means there is salt between us. And what that means is that we are in a friendship, that we eat together, and that it, when you kind of take that into account, this this idea that we would be friends, that we wouldn't just be preaching to non-believers or to outsiders, but we'd be in relationship and friendship with them, that our actions and our conduct along with our seasoned words would be the way that we share the gospel. Salt can also be associated with being witty. I'm someone who has great common sense. We get all of this imagery of this idea that our conversation that's seasoned with salt means that we are in relationship, that we are engaged in friendship, that our conversation is wise and witty, that we actually intentionally engage in perhaps the deeper things of life in a way that might be evocative for someone that might that might give them emotional feelings that might give them some pause some some words for thought that that's the way that we're called to live our lives out of the gospel so we talked about conversation we talked about outsiders we talked about salt let's go on to what does it mean question three so what does it mean these are our timeless principles and I encourage you to pause And if you want to pause the podcast and think about what do you think are the principles here? What are the timeless truths that were true then that are still true now? Here's three that I wrote down from this passage. The first one, the gospel is for all. The playing field has been leveled. This is kind of like the whole letter of Colossians. Like the gospel is for everyone. It is ongoing. And it's our job to be bringing that ongoing message right forward in our life. Second thing I wrote, as our hearts grow in knowledge and love for Christ, we also grow in wisdom and love for those outside of the kingdom. We actually love them more. We want to be in relationship with them. We have wisdom when it comes to how to engage with them. And the third one, very simple, the gospel requires intentionality in all of our relationships because of Jesus, because of what he's done, because of who he is, our relationships require intentionality means we engage with the people in our life. And and the way I love to engage with the people in my life is like, I want to pray for them. I, I try to take time to pray for the people in my life, to ask God to give me wisdom and discernment about their hearts in the way that I might encourage or lead them deeper into a relationship with Christ or lead them toward a relationship with a Christ, with Christ. 
And then our final question is, what does it mean for me? So there's tons of application, right, that you could take for this. That might be the person that you have in your mind that God's bringing to your mind that you want to be more intentional with. It may be someone that you want to add to your prayer list, to your prayer time. I want to encourage you so deeply to write down your prayer, the people that you pray for. You don't have to write down the whole prayer But write down when you're praying for someone so that I like to go at the end of the week and look back at my prayer journal and say, okay, what have I seen God do? What prayers is God answering? What what sort of new love do I have for people or forgiveness of those that I've written in my prayer journal? So that might be an application that you take. But I think an application for me would be just a continued reminder of this need to have a clear, succinct knowledge of our faith, that we want to understand the mystery of Christ and we want to know how to present that mystery so that we may know how to answer everyone. Scripture is central to the gospel and it needs to be written on our hearts. We need to know how to answer everyone implies that there are people who are asking us questions that this isn't just about programs. This isn't about what our pastor has to say. It's about what God is doing in our relationships, the way our faith is being cultivated and how that faith is rooted deeply enough for the demands of our life. That whoever our outsiders are that are in our life, that we're alert to opportunities for spiritual conversation, that we're asking God, even when we're in conversation with people, to give us wisdom, to give us love, to give us a question, to help us know when to speak and when to stay silent, to help us know when we might be asked to bring encouragement or conviction to someone's life. You are God's plan. You are God's plan for the world. Can you even believe that God has given us this opportunity and this access to him, that we might be a crucial component of the invitation for someone else that you might not even know yet, someone that you might cross paths with, someone that might be new in your life, that God's primary plan is that you would be the one who gets to invite them into the kingdom. Can you even believe that that is what we get to do? And that's what it means to be followers of Jesus together. Can I pray for you as you go into your week? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is timeless and true. We thank you that it is real and relevant. We thank you, God, that even now you're working in us, that you're rooting your words more deeply in us. Would you would you just keep inspiring us to have a deeper hunger and thirst for your word, a deeper hunger and thirst for time with you, for your righteousness, for your holiness, for your goodness, God, would you show us even today an opportunity we might have with an outsider, with someone who who needs to experience the love of Christ, with someone who needs to, to see what forgiveness looks like, what hope looks like, what encouragement looks like, God, would you give us the courage to step into those places today? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, you guys. Next week starts Advent, and we are going to be looking at the mothers of God together, the women in Jesus's genealogy. It's going to be amazing. I will see you guys then. How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you like what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com.
I'm Don Hawkins, and I once heard Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy say, you can tell if a person needs encouragement, check to see if they're breathing. I'd like to invite you to my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You, featuring encouraging guests like Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley, Dan Cathy, the late Dr. Frank Menrith, Josh McDowell, and more. To subscribe to my weekly Encouragement for You podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. That's lifeaudio.com.